today Zach is going to speak to, to us about um, how we can go from um, a climate coalition to a climate movement uh, encompasses all aspects of the workers movement the socialist movement the trade union movement um, so without saying any more myself I will pass over to Zach just going to kind of touch on a few things and then kind of we can more stuff can come out of the discussion and um, so I'm obviously the context of this is that we've just had the COP26 um, conference uh, which was in Glasgow that you know, if you, well, a couple of us, on, me and Angelo on this call were were in in Glasgow for that. Um, not taking part in the delegation, but in the in, in the movement around it. Um, and I think it's kind of widely widely recognised on the kind of environmental left, at least that those negotiations failed, at least according, you know, against any kind of you know reasonable level of ambition for what is needed to kind of tackle the climate crisis. Um, but I guess, you know, that was predicted beforehand um, because the, 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 those negotiations failed because of the, you know, that, that wasn't unexpected. Like looking at the trajectory, it was, it was clear that, that, that they weren't going to, you know, bring amazing results. And I think that is down to the kind of systemic features of capitalism um, and kind of which at the very best has you know very powerful um, systemic forces coming against serious climate action so we can talk more about that if people want but I'm going to talk more about the kind of movement side so like lots on the environmental left was saying you know in the in the run-up to the conference that um, you know we expect this to fail but what is important is that we're building a movement around it. Now, I guess I, I'd argue that, um, you know, the movement, that there were, there were kind of some positive things in the movement, um, but that, you know, overall that that, kind, that, that movement failed against uh, the kind of level of ambition of the movement that, that um, we want and, and need to, to confront this problem. Um, I'm mostly going to touch on the UK, although obviously it's kind of an international issue. And maybe maybe some of those things can can be brought in, in here. So, you know, I don't think it failed because you know you could say, ah, oh, you know, the movement failed because um, if the movement had been successful, it would have forced the the, the delegates and the, and the conference to 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 make the decisions and changes needed. Um, I, that that kind of isn't isn't the argument. I'm making because I think whilst we, we do need to criticise the official um, UNFCCC process, the, the, the official COP process for its kind of shortfalls, that the answer to climate crisis internationally isn't one of just kind of beefed up negotiations between kind of existing capitalist um, governments. It, it, it needs to be kind of a lot deeper than that. So fundamentally, I think that you know the the, the main organisation, the main or the main uh, the the main kind of face of a lot of the the movements around COP twenty six was the so called COP twenty six coalition, which very much as as the title of this this talk said, you know it and 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 as the title of the the coalition says it it was very much a coalition, um, and it, it it remains so. Um, it very much felt like you know being in Glasgow like 
we had brought together the various disparate parts of kind of different environmental and, and other like social justice and other movements um, in one place, but they, they were kind of operating alongside each other, not working together. So, you know, to give some examples, and, uh, and we can talk more about this, you know, we had kind of like religious organisations, like Stalinist organisations and, and, and anarchists all, you know, alongside each other, hosting talks and so, so on. And um, we had people who were talking about the need to transform society, you know, system change, not climate change, or, or maybe more, more radical things like, like we were saying, alongside people who were, you know, focusing on, how to make the COP26 process actually work, or others who talked about kind of daily acts of, you know, environmental things, you know, how, how to be sustainable in, the, in yourself. Or, or you had, um, you know, people talking about like no false solutions in, in the sense of like carbon drawdown and others that were kind of, you know, a, a advocating that. But you had these different perspectives, so it, it was kind of relatively open. Um, <coughs> So um, it was like relatively open, but these different perspectives were not put into kind of dialogue with each other for the most part. They were kind of, you know, talking with their own audiences alongside each other. E e even people who kind of tended to agree for the most part were, were not in dialogue. They were just, you know, in the same city, um, you know, under the banner of, of the same people's summit or, or the like, but, but kind of not cohering together. Um, you know, additionally to that, there's kind of a, some, you know, more criticisms we might make. So, so the COP26 collection itself was, it was not transparent as to kind of how decisions were made and um, the kind of, the lack of transparency in that democracy also extended to, you know, it, it wasn't clear how, if at all, uh, you know, grassroots activists could feed into the central, like, national and international um Kind of organization of the coalition so you know on a local level there was you know in a lot of places there was a reasonable amount of kind of democracy um but there was kind of democracy in implementing an agreed strategy that was was kind of already decided at a national level and um, i guess beyond that um the the, the 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 politics of many participants in the in the movement um whether the kind of protests so so I guess just kind of dialing back a stage, just kind of what did the movement around COP26 look like? You know, we had, well, stuff organised by the COP26 coalition comprised for the most part of a series of very large protests on the kind of middle Saturday of the negotiations um, and then four days of different workshops and discussions. Like around that, there were a series of other kind of protests and other discussions organised by, by other people and, you know, you know not, not related to, not under the banner of the, of the COP26 coalition, but um, I, I guess that, that in many ways that was kind of, at least, at least from within the UK, that, that seemed like the kind of centre of the movement. Um, there was also youth climate strike activity on, on, on the Friday, which was so, somewhat linked to that. But Within that movement and within the different um, different discussions um, around that movement, for the most part, there was a failure to recognise. You know, there was there was a general recognition that on a significant section of the environmental left and, and, and environmentalists there that capitalism is the driving force of environmental destruction. That 
you know, capitalism has a, a intrinsic drive for profit and for ever greater profit that 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 means that it can't respect um, any, any boundaries, any any limits to its uh, ever greater drive for profit, and you know, uh, um, on the scale of the nation state, and a kind of ever greater drive for for growth and for creating a welcome environment for international capital, uh, and that means that you know various different boundaries, whether like workers' rights and you know public health, but but also you know crucially in this case environmental boundaries um, aren't respected. So so that some kind of critique of capital uh, and of capitalism was reasonably widespread within the movement. But the next logical step um, for us in in workers' liberty is that the place where capital is is recreated, where where profit is created, um, is is in the workplace by workers. That's then expropriated by, by the capitalists, and so so the workplace is a, is a crucial site for the recreation of of society as a whole of, of capitalism um, and of profit. And and as a result, it's a of kind of strategic key importance. And so and so class struggle, um, environmentalism. And organising at a rank and file level um, within the workplace is, um, is is the is the kind of key strategy that is needed to tackle climate change. So so, so that next step, the, the step from recognising capitalism as the problem to recognising workers' action as the solution, was 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 largely missing. Um, even the kind of trade union hub. Um, was didn't take for the most part from what I saw. There was a kind of lack of a serious approach to to class struggle, environmentalism, and to, to kind of rank and file um, class struggle. So that's kind of so far I've kind of outlined the some of the problems with the movement. You know, in recent times, as I see as as I've seen it, um, you know, we could talk about kind of. Ec- XR and the youth climate strikes, and, and I, I will touch on that kind of going forwards. But maybe more people want to talk more about that in the discussion. Um, but what is the answer? You know, this this talk isn't just about you know what what is the problem with it kind of so far, but kind of how do we go forwards and build the movement? So my central argument is that there is no um, there's there's no magic bullet bullet. There's no simple single solution to Building the kind of environmental movement that we need. Um, so, you know, I've, I've critiqued, you know, in this talk and in, in various other places, um, the COP26 coalition for not being democratic. You know, we need to have those arguments. It would be better if it was. But, you know, if that, if we did win that, win a kind of a, a COP26 coalition that was democratic and, and was on a better political basis, that would be good and valuable. Um, but that wouldn't, you know, that in itself wouldn't provide the solution as a whole. So I think fundamentally my argument is that um, we need to build a various disparate forces um, that currently exist. We need to build from them to build a, a grassroots, uh, rank and file socialist um, and environmentalist um, class struggle movement centred on the workplace. So I'm going to kind of touch on various aspects of 
what I think is that is the way that we can move forwards with that. So, so crucially, you know, as I said, the the, the workplace is is central to that. Um, so this means like organizing at work around um, organizing at work where, where the power is, which can can radically transform society, which can can, can force the change um, to change things within the workplace and beyond. So, you know, in particular, we're talking about environmental questions. Um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity in many workplaces to organise a work around environmental issues. Um, so, you know, there are the kind of big and, and kind of um, celebrated or, or, or should, should be more celebrated examples. So a, a, a recent one has been a... GKN Drivelines uh, factory in Birmingham, which is a is a is a uh, is a factory that creates car part um, car parts like part, parts for cars, and it is is a factory that kind of creates that kind of thing. And they've been threatened with um, uh, like large scale redundancies, and the union and workers there organised to put forwards, um, not, not just kind of put forward an alternative to the redundancies and to fight against the redundancies, but to put forward an alternative which involves transforming their, you know, what, what they create from currently fossil fuel-powered um, cars to, um, kind of to, to, to greener alternatives to, to, to electric-top cars. So... You know that, that that's crucial because those are the kind of changes that we need. Um, but it's also crucial in in building workplace power, which is, is then a is a necessary step towards the the wider transformation of of society and winning this the environmental program. Now, ultimately, so far in GKN, the the union leadership sold out the workers and and they kind of called off their strike so far. We need to kind of see how that develops and, and intervene to support it where we can. Obviously, a lot of people are, are in workplaces where there's, you know, not so immediate and straightforward and a kind of environmental uh, transition. But, you know, for example, if you, if, if you work in a school, there's like, a, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of workers do, a lot of workers, liberty activists do. There, there, there are still environmental issues that you could organise around the work. So one of the recent protest movements that, uh, you know, we, we might have some criticisms of, but that, you know, is inspiring in many ways in, in, in the UK, at least has been, well, yeah, in the UK has been Insulate Britain, which is, has been fighting for widespread insulation and uh, mostly focusing on homes across the UK. Now, a lot of workplaces, um, are not adequately insulated and there's kind of high environmental costs uh, heating and all of that. Now, these are things which which cost the kind of the people who operate and run the school, for example, or you know, local government building or university or, or whatever your workplace is to, to, to implement. But it's something that workers can organise around to, to fight and to try and win. Um, you know, there are other examples you know maybe people want to talk about that particular workplaces in, in the discussion um, and and beyond that there, there is kind of there's a possibility for wider environmental ac- action in the workplace so so 
some action in the workplace that isn't isn't directed just at your employer or just to transforming things in in your work workplace. So the, the main examples I'm thinking of is um, when there were uh, when when youth climate strikes were you know uh, a larger and, and more regular phenomena in the UK. Uh, some of our comrades organised actions in their work to. Um, yeah, kind of in solidarity and, and on the days of these youth strikes. So, you know, a particular striking and kind of model example, I think, is in uh, uh, Lambeth um, local government, Unison, the um, some workers' liberty activists and others that we're working alongside um, organised to take a delegation of workers down to the climate strikes. They got quite a lot of people down on that day know when they when they would have been in work um and as that that's kind of valuable in in itself but it's also valuable in the the organization around that has kind of spurred and led to ongoing organization around environmental issues within you know the the, the remit of their um of their unison branch um and and that's also kind of fed into wider class struggle so, like a lot of the, you know, many of the new reps that they've had within the Lambeth Unison um, bunch since then have been people who've come in via the environmental movement, people who, for whom, you know, the trade union movement isn't necessarily their kind of default go-to place to, to be organising, but but they they care about the environment and, and they've seen it in there. And, and that kind of helping to build that, Bread and butter workplace power is also crucial to building, you know, a movement that can genuinely change on on these things. So, so, so beyond those immediate workplace levels, uh, among those, uh, yeah, among beyond that um, immediate workplace organising, there's a need to organise within the labour movement to raise ideas and raise a, a program of demands to. To bring the changes we need, we you know, we, don't, we don't think it, like the, the environmental transition can't be won just by through this or that. Workplace transforming is as uh, important as that is, um, and so we also must fight for within unions and within the Labour Party um, programs of you know sets of demands and visions of of the environmental transition transition we need and. Um, you know, Workers' Liberty has done that in the previous years in, in um, late party conference, 2019, to some extent 2020. Maybe Roxana wants to talk about kind of what's going on in the, the, the GMB at the moment. So I think that, that, that that's really crucial for kind of expanding the overall horizons. On, on the other side, so, you know, I've talked mostly about kind of environmental activism within the labour movement. On the other side, it's it's really crucial to engage within the with the environmental movement, um, which for for a couple of reasons. So there are a lot of people, as as we've seen recently. There's there are a lot of people and a lot of energy and, and quite inspiring energy and creativity and, and drive from from people in the environmental movement to take action on climate change. Now, as environmental socialists, we think that that the labour movement will be a force to make make that change, but. We want to we want to bring 
those people and that energy from the environmental movement into the labour movement to to help bring about that change um, and kind of it, it can also as well as as well as kind of bringing people into that struggle like as the example I gave with with youth strikes but also the case with COP26 coalition and also you know to some extent XR but the kind of like events and organisation organised by environmental activists not directly within the workplace can provide a an arena can provide a kind of context in which workplace environmental action can take. Um, so, oh, okay, I'm, I've actually gone on kind of longer than I was intending. But um, yeah, so I guess part of, I think, you know, some of the limitations of the movement around COP26 means that it currently, looking around the environmental movement in the UK, like the there's no kind of clear place where you'd say, okay, this is this is where the kind of next environmental movement's going to be rebuilt. But there, there are some clear places where we need to, um, where you know, where socialist ac- activists should get involved and try and um, organise in, around kind of class struggle, environmental angles. So, in a lot of places, XR is still organising, um, and people might have seen in the kind of over the last week or so um in a lot of places xr activists took action against um amazon the the kind of company for its environmentally destructive practices now you know that that campaigning and activism is something that socialist environmentalists should get involved with and support but we also have a particular angle to bring to that which is the importance of engaging with like Amazon workers, and obviously they've been like, particularly in the US, um, but also elsewhere, they've been kind of um, fairly high-profile class struggle disputes within Amazon recently. So, so, so trying to link the two of them, you know, is is one avenue. Um, following up from the kind of COP twenty six protests, um, a lot of there've been like a lot of coalition hubs. So there's you know Bristol COP twenty six coalition hub that was was building around the protests and people summit um whilst cop 26 was on uh, around a month ago um after cop 26 has finished the a lot of the hubs are, are kind of continuing and going to reinvent themselves there was, there was a meeting a, a few days ago in, in Bristol uh, about the next steps there will be in other places so it's you know activists should should check that out and, and see what's going on and there's a kind of potential for, like, in many ways, the COP26 coalition has more organic roots for the trade union movement than Extinction Rebellion does, for example. And, and, and finally, hopefully, youth climate strikes will um, kind of continue and restart a bit more. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned that that m- might not happen as, as much as we like, might like, but... Like there, there are many examples of kind of how to bring working, a working class orientation to that. So finally, I guess within all of these um, fights within within the workplace, within the union, within the environmental movement, within the Labour Party, um, we're fighting to raise class struggle environmentalism. But more broadly, the 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 the, 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 the job of uh, like bringing revolutionary socialist ideas revolutionary socialist environmentalism to all of these different struggles is 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 a 
is something that we we can do additionally to the kind of concrete organizing within them. Um, so you know, everything from meetings such as this, and um, we can bring and advertise to different you know environmental publications that uh, you know work activity and, and and others can create. Um, we bought out a new well, we bought out a new one, and then another new edition of that very recently. Um, and I think with all of these, you know, with with all of these somewhat disparate seeming activity, we can we can plant the seeds and and, and start the process of rebuilding from the ground up the potential forces which can, you know, go, go to towards cohering a movement that can be the the kind of force that we need to radically transform society and force really meaningful environmental changes as needed. So yeah, I'm going to end there. Thank you.